I think as much as you can't really be a generalist anymore, you 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 still need to be a specialized. You still need to specialize in something, and I think MBA students should increasingly think of what is that common horizontal thread that would allow you to bring your experiences and value add across different industries. You are listening to Changing Careers, a podcast about how MBA careers are changing and how MBAs change their careers. I am Conrad Chua. On this podcast, I've had many guests talk about digital transformation, the need for existing organizations to look at every aspect of their business and think about how digital technologies will change that. Today's episode will take a different tack. My guest today is Jin Go. Executive Director at Russell Reynolds in Singapore. Jin's career spans the public sector, management consulting, and now executive search. I wanted to speak to Jin because she has some deep insights into how leaders, and by that I mean C-level leaders, need to approach digital transformation. I started by asking Jin, what is pushing a lot of her clients to embrace or start this digital transformation journey? Is it the emergence of new startups and business models, or are there other pressures? Really and truly, digital transformation means everything and anything, uh, depending on the specific needs of a certain large corporation. And we're talking about large incumbent corporations in whichever industry that they might be from. Um, There are some that are really starting, and digital transformation to them is about strategy, uh, sort of really blue sky strategy in charting out what the roadmap for the next three to five years could look like. Um, There are some that are further along that are framing digital transformation as a uh, new business model, right, as a way to generate new business and uh, uh, drive changes in their operating and and business models. Um, So for that, that is about giving it an extra push. Right, then there are some that are much further along. It's about the monetization, right? It's not just about digital transformation within uh, their companies, it's also about monetizing all of their assets, especially from the data point of view uh, and the efficiency gains that they could make, and about monetizing that. So, so it really depends. It's, it's quite a full gamut of, um, I guess, initiatives that would fall broadly within what a digital transformation could look like. So is it just a case of turning towards the chief technology officer and saying, let's go digital, or is there more to it than that? No, it's definitely not. Um, Technology should just be an enabler. It's really about changing the entire mindset and how you know, the organization views itself and how the organization views its customers. Often we actually find that digital transformations, the most successful ones start from the very top, uh, from the CEO. So the CEO needs to have a plan in mind, needs to have the strategy mapped out from everything, again, from front office to back office. And then the chief technology officer is either a very strong thought partner to help enable the technical aspects of the transformation, or or obviously some of them will provide more of that support, uh, again, to drive that. Um, And also the other stakeholders are key in digital transformation. So all of the business unit heads are extremely key. Uh, Even HR is very, very key because you need to drive the right KPIs um, so that people are aware and, and, and are incentivized, right, to make changes along digital uh, means. 
what are some of the key stumbling blocks that an organization has to overcome in digital transformation? I think that the, the main one would be but thinking that uh, uh, one single person can make that change. So the, the fallacy would be, oh, I can put in place a chief digital officer and I will transform my business overnight to become a digital business. Uh, we have actually seen a lot of failures in thinking that, that I, could, I, could, I could bring in a CDO, a chief digital officer. I, I could give that person resources. Uh, I could give that person a garage because it's, it's sexier to put them in a garage. They can have a co-working space that's completely different from my normal office environment and they will flourish. And that often doesn't work because if they are not working in tandem with the traditional PL holders or uh, with the tech, right, with the core technology functions, if they are being housed in a very standalone manner, you often find that, yes, they can come up with interesting initiatives, prototypes, but they will not actually integrate well into the main business because, after all, the main business will still be the bulk of the revenue uh, uh, if we are talking about traditional businesses at this point. How do you suggest the senior leader who's been there for, say, 20 years retool his or her skills to understand the digital transformation that's going on in their industry or that's needed in their business? I think the good parts about being in a business for a long time is you've seen the changes and the evolution of the business. You, you would have the subject matter expertise. You would understand the business really well. Say, whether you are in, in FMCG or in oil and gas, you would understand all of the technical parts of your business very well. Uh, but you would also know that change needs to happen and change is coming, right? And, and to react to that, often we've seen the leaders need to go back to the very, very big basics, which is really understanding who is your customer. Uh, and sometimes along the way, companies have lost sight of actually who is the customer. Uh, so again, take banking, for example. Banking for a while has been very much driven from the product's point of view. There will be a, a person who is deep into mortgage loans, a person who is deep into um, credit cards, right? A person who is deep into uh, payments, for example. And it's great that you are deep, but you sometimes then lose the focus on who that client is because it, it could be the same client that would be engaging with you in a mortgage loan today who is also applying a credit card, who is also potentially a high net worth uh, client of yours in another part of the bank. So the idea is that these traditional business leaders should now come together and form a common view about what is that customer experience that you want to have, right, that you want to brand as, as a bank, and I'm taking a bank as an example, and then what is that digital journey you want to bring this person on, that multiple touch points, rather than a more siloed product view that's traditionally been how uh, big companies are organized. I'm guessing that's not that easy because functions have already been established and breaking the silos is a big challenge for digital transformation. Is that right? Mm -hmm, definitely, definitely. That, that often is the trickiest part, actually. Um, often strategy is easy to agree to because 
um, you have the facts and the figures and, and the data and the market externalities to, to validate your strategy. Um, and also, of course, the, 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 the external pressures from challenges, right? Um, but then to change the internal organizations, to change and realign the KPIs, um, to potentially restructure the teams along lines that would make more sense, which sometimes involve um, sort of consolidating people and roles, uh, that, that is often the trickiest and often, yeah, the most emotional, if you would. You yourself are an MBA graduate. What advice would you give to an MBA with about six to seven years of experience? How would they get the skills or experience that is needed for an organization that's embarking on digital transformation? I'm going to say something that sounds maybe contradictory in the first instance, uh, but bear with me as I kind of lay that out, right? Uh, I think first and foremost, uh, uh, nobody can really be a generalist anymore uh, in today's environment. Um, I think 10 years ago when I, when I did my MBA, it was, it was, I think, still relatively easy. I wouldn't say it's easy, but relatively easy to position yourself as a generalist, like as a, as a, as a, as a general manager, right? A, a, almost a jack of all trades. I know, I know business, so I can walk into any business. I think increasingly it's hard to do that. Um, I think companies are no longer as open to hiring MBAs who really don't have enough technical depth or subject matter expertise in any particular area. So today, if you were to walk into a consumer company with very little consumer experience, I doubt that will fly. Um, so that, that's one end of the spectrum. And why I think it's going to sound a little bit contradictory. On the other hand, if you are way too deep, right, if you are way too much of a subject matter expert, again, I think it's going to be, you are just going to find yourself relatively less agile to take on bigger and broader leadership roles over time. And why I say that um, is when it comes to digital transformations, for example, the most interesting part about it is actually that cross-fertilization of best practices and ideas across different industries. So if you have been in very much a B2C environment, that ability to take your understanding of you know, customer experience, understanding of putting client centricity into the business model, that ability to transpose that into another industry that could be a slightly more backward. So say if you are from Amazon, you need to know the customer. Customer is at the heart of everything that you do, everything from mining the data to giving you the experiences. If you are able to take that experience and put it into, say, insurance, right, where they are also trying to understand the end user, the consumer, the person who signs up for your health insurance, your car insurance, they would know that they would be able to learn a lot from you because Amazon is I mean, by and large, seen as much more of a market leader than an insurance age uh, player would. Um, so that that portability of skills is very much demanded of, right? So long and short of it, why I say it's contradictory is I think as much as you can't really be a generalist anymore, you 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 still need to be a specialized. You still need to specialize in something, and I think MBA students should increasingly think of what is that common horizontal thread that would allow you to bring your experiences and value add across different industries. That could be, again, from a marketing standpoint, a customer. From the digital standpoint, it could be something like just the ability 
to run data analytics, right? If you have done it in a telco environment, which is very much uh, very demanding, you, you would most likely be able to do it in a bank. Um, so that, that common thread, I think you need to, someone needs to, uh, the, the MBA student, right, or anybody who's interested in developing their careers, uh, needs to be quite conscious in designing it across the different roles that you have, such that each role is, is an addition um, to your previous role in forming that common thread. Turning back to what you do at Russell Reynolds, what are the qualities that you look for in your candidates? We, we are an executive search firm, um, so most of our clients are C-suite level or board members who are looking for a change in leadership right? Um, at the very, very top of the house. So a lot of the qualities when we look for in candidates beyond the, the technical and professional skill set, which is relevant, uh, but they are almost table stakes. Right. So when, 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 when candidates come into contact with uh, a, a firm like ours, often the question is, what are your leadership qualities? It, it then turns into the softer aspects on leadership. Um, and Russell Reynolds as a firm, we, we have invested a lot. We partner with Hogan, uh, one of the leading psychometric um, uh, leaders uh, of the world, to make sure that we have a robust way of ascertaining um, your leadership competencies and a lot of that is to do with your span or agility uh, and how you are able to um, tweak your leadership um, um, traits right depending on what the situation needs um, so I give you an example in terms of leading strategy uh, someone could be very much a disruptor right you could come in and actually um, say I'm gonna turn this business 360 degrees around or someone who could be a little bit more pragmatic and say we need to grow the business but we we need to do it in a step change manner right and the the no, no one trait is good or bad, right? But it's about the ability to, to spend and be agile across what, what the situation calls for. Um, so a lot about what we look in candidates at, at the senior level would therefore be their ability to be that agile leader that a, an organization needs. Uh, the track record and um, experience in having run and led successful change transformation campaigns, that's always very important uh, because, again, a lot of the senior leadership roles, uh, BAU is no longer something um, that companies are looking for. So has someone actually been successful in very ambiguous environment where they um, are in charge of shaping out things uh, according to what is needed as opposed to being told what they should do um, is also a very, very important uh, area. How do you find candidates who meet these kind of criteria? Um, so many, many ways actually. Um, so as an executive search firm, we have our own uh, networks that's very established and we are very global by nature, Russell Reynolds. So we, we are a team of some sort of 400 consultants spread across over 40 offices globally and we are all joined up. Um, so how we find is we usually would work very closely with the clients in the first instance to identify what are the key competencies they are looking for beyond the technical. Of course, technical we will have to go through that as well and I, I take technical for example someone would need to have led a team of you know X number someone would need to have managed a budget or a revenue a PL of X number someone would need to have worked in you know a Y number of regions right um, with the same footprint affinity to 
our clients' line of business. So once all of that um, uh, harder, I guess, more sort of technical skill sets are being checked, right? Uh, we would obviously go globally and go to our, our, our colleagues globally and understand who could be uh, right in that. And then we will go into an in-depth assessment of uh, shortlisted individuals, if you would. And from the shortlisted individuals, it's really about understanding uh, both their leadership competencies uh, based on what our clients deem most important. So again, if our client wants someone who is a, a, a cultural carrier, uh, then you want to make sure that whoever you are reaching out to doesn't have a very sort of sharp elbow style of change management. So what is a cultural carrier? A cultural carrier would be someone who is able to come in and just, you know, be a positive influence to a team. And whichever your culture could be, right? So again, if it's a very collegiate environment, if it's a consensus-driven uh, kind of uh, organization, you don't want someone to come in and just say, it's my way or the highway. And what is the opposite of a cultural carrier? Would be a very sharp elbowed person, would be a person who is just saying that this is what we need to set out to achieve and they will basically break all China, right, um, in order to get there. In the work that you do, is it the case that a lot depends on the organization's situation and what kind of change they want? Definitely, definitely. Sometimes in, in different situations, you do actually need someone who is a lot more assertive and a lot more uh, front and centre in saying that, I'm sorry, we need to kind of, you know, just take out the handy plast, right? And in a quick manner, we, we need to do this. We need to fix it, right? And other times, you actually need to do a lot more sort of the soft influencing to get people on board, um, maybe to demonstrate some quick wins first so that you can build momentum and change from that angle, which is why, again, back to the whole leadership span that I was, uh, I was elaborating on, that agility is more important than being single-faceted and saying that I only know one way uh, of driving results. So what you're saying is that an effective CEO now has to swiftly switch gears between being more assertive in certain situations and being more consensus-driven in others. Lastly, if you could travel back in time to when you were an MBA, what advice would you give to yourself? Uh, I think it would be back to the same advice that I shared earlier about what, how to best position yourself. I, I would say find the common thread in your career. And all of us have one. When you look back, you always can connect the dots. Um, so instead of waiting for you to look back, look forward and see how you could connect the dots to where you want to be uh, in, in future, in the next 10 years. Um, so I didn't have the benefit of that. So, but now that I look back for myself, talent is actually the, 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 the common thread across my entire career. Even though I switched from uh, public sector to management consulting to now uh, executive search, it's always been about talent, about people, about organizations at the underlying, as an underlying thread. So look at what your thread is. If you five to ten years from now want to be a digital officer, then look at look 
five, ten years ago, before you come into MBA, what were the common themes already that you could pull out and you could start to showcase? And then plan out that next few dots to get there. Um, could it be, again, marketing? Could it be in the technology front? Uh, could it be a little bit more business-centric, digital part of it? I would say do that. Do that now and do that consciously. Don't, don't let it be something you just fall into. That was my conversation with Jingo, recorded in her office in Singapore. This idea of cultural agility, being able to shift gears, become more assertive or more consensus-seeking as the situation demands it, is a very powerful one. It also got me thinking about this piece of advice that you sometimes hear from people, that a leader has to be authentic. And I've never fully understood or accepted that piece of advice because circumstances change and a leader runs the risk of not changing fast enough and later becoming irrelevant to what that organization needs at that point in time if that person, that leader just stays authentic and true to him or herself all the time. Jin also made a great point about striking that balance between being an expert and not being too deep in a career rabbit hole such that you get pigeonholed and you can't make a career transition later on. That should be something that all of us bear in mind when we review our career. And I hope all listeners are doing that on a regular basis. You can listen to this show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, subscribe if you've not done so. If you've already subscribed, thank you so much. And just one favor, as always, share this with someone you know who might benefit from listening. You can also leave a rating and a review. It helps others discover this show. Lastly, you can let me know how you, what you think about the show by Twitter. You can tweet at me. Uh, my handle is at ConradChua16. Till next time, this is Conrad Chua on Changing Careers. <laughs>